There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and it's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air and at VSIN live. And what a huge day we had in the NFL on Tuesday. It's amazing. Bad publicity goes away so fast when it comes to the NFL. A day ago, we were talking about Calvin Ridley and the drama of an NFL player betting on the sport. And here on Tuesday, we're talking, no one even knows who Calvin Ridley is. I mean, being a little facetious here, but you get the point. Huge news here on Tuesday. The Tennessee Titans signing Harold Landry to a five-year deal. Massive. No, no, no. That's not the story. That, That did happen. Good for Harold Landry. But the big story, Aaron Rodgers... Returning to the Green Bay Packers, not quite the mega deal that was initially reported because Rodgers had to come out and address the news saying, yes, I will be back in Green Bay, but no, I haven't signed anything. So all those reports are false. The team did franchise Devontae Adams. So keeping Rodgers and Adams together, go for another run here in an NFC that we know is much weaker than the AFC and just got a little bit more weak. Because the bigger story, yes, bigger than Harold Landry and the Titans, 
bigger than Mike Williams re-signing a, a deal with the Chargers, and bigger than Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Yes, the Broncos get the quarterback that they so desperately desired. And it was a haul in return, including quarterback Drew Locke and tight end Noah Fant. A couple of first-round picks, second-round picks, all for Russell Wilson, who immediately changes the odds for the Denver Broncos. The market reacting quickly. Everyone rushing to their favorite sports book to place a futures bet on the Denver Broncos. The line now on the Broncos to win the division in what is going to be the most exciting division in football with the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. The Broncos are now plus 200 to win the AFC West. The Broncos are now your third favorite at plus 700 to win the AFC. And the Broncos are your fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 1,200. I think this is a time right now. Not so much to fade the Denver Broncos because you're not like betting against them. Bet on other teams. The Chargers, their odds to win the division are now plus 400. Their odds to win the AFC are plus 1,400. I'm telling you right now, I'd rather be in on the Chargers to win the division than the Denver Broncos. Keep in mind, this is a Broncos team, and I know that Von Miller is going to likely return. He sent out some uh, cryptic tweets about or posts on Instagram about him wanting his old locker, what number should he wear. So it looks like Von Miller is going to return to the Denver Broncos, try and give it a run here uh, with his new teammate, Russell Wilson. But this is a first-year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. Don't necessarily know what to expect from him. Yes, he had success in Green Bay running that offense. Prior to that, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, had that one good year with Blake Bortles. But don't really know what to expect from a head coaching perspective. Russell Wilson now doesn't have a DK Metcalf. Jerry Judy's a nice receiver. He's no DK Metcalf. He doesn't have a Tyler Lockett. Guys that he has developed relationships with over the years. Let's see how the Broncos come out at the start of the season. I might be looking to fade them at the beginning of the year. But in the futures market, I'm not rushing to bet them to win the Super Bowl. I'm not in a hurry to grab them seeing this price shrink down to 12 to 1. I'd rather be in on a team like the Chargers at 25 to 1. A team that I know what I'm going to get this season. The upside is there. The potential is there. And there's also the foundation 
of something that you saw a season ago. I think what's interesting is the um, winning specials. Like, which division will win the Super Bowl? Because I think the AFC West is going to win the Super Bowl. Or would not, I shouldn't say that, is a good possibility. Because I think there are three live teams now. With the Chiefs, of course, and the Broncos and the Chargers. In the NFC North, I think there's only one legit team in the Packers. In the NFC West, two, maybe, if you include the 49ers with the Rams. In the AFC East, just the Bills and the Patriots. AFC North, you got maybe one. I don't know what to make of the AFC North. That they, They're going to eat each other up that division. NFC East, uh, that's only for a long shot bet. AFC South, there's only one, maybe two. I got to see what the Colts do at the quarterback position. And the NFC South, I think there's none. (laughs) So I would say, yes, the AFC West would be the strongest division this year with the Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch these games. I really am. I'm excited to see Russell Wilson throw the deep ball. Up there uh, at mile high. He's probably going to get an extra five yards on that ball. (laughs) Up at that altitude. So big story, obviously, everything going on in the NFL. Speaking of the odds changing, the Packers are now your third favorite to win the Super Bowl behind the Bills and the Chiefs. They're plus 800. They are the favorite to win the NFC at plus 350. And if it's not the Packers... Or the Rams, because I throw the Super Bowl champs in there. Who's it going to be? I can't say the 49ers because I'm not sold on Trey Lance. I can't say the Cowboys because can't really ever trust the Cowboys. I think the, the NFC is primed to have a long shot come out of it. Someone's going to win the NFC East, whether it's the Cowboys or the Commanders, the Eagles, the Giants. You get great numbers on all of those teams with the exception of the Cowboys. Someone's got to win the NFC South. Every team in the NFC South, you can get a good number on. The Bucs, we don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Same thing with the Saints. The Falcons and the Panthers or whatever. So you get good numbers on those those teams. If I'm going to place a future bet for several months down the road, I'm going to want to get a number that's worth tying up my money for that long. Packers at plus 350, not exactly worth it to me. Taking a look at the Eagles at 18 to 1, the Commanders at 25 to 1. I hate saying the Commanders, by the way. The Giants at 50 to 1. Speaking of the Giants, there was a rumor floating around here on Tuesday. I don't know if it's really a rumor or whatever, but there's a belief that Brian Dable, the new head coach of the Giants, is going to bring in Mitchell Trubisky. And not to back up Daniel Jones, 
but to compete with Daniel Jones for the starting job. Trubisky was with Dable in Buffalo, backed up Josh Allen, and there's a, a, a lot of belief around the league that Trubisky will be a starting quarterback this season. So you look at the Giants, and now Trubisky doesn't move the needle, but I am intrigued by this team. They do play in a weak division. They're going to get some, hopefully, impact players in the draft with two early picks. They have talent on that roster. Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, and if they put it together, this team could win a bad division. And if they win a bad division, they have a home game in the playoffs. And once you get to the playoffs, you can hedge off whatever ticket you have. So everyone rushing to the counter to bet the Broncos or rushing to the counter to bet the Packers, I'm still looking at long shots that give me an opportunity to have a good return on my investment long term and an opportunity to hedge off as we progress throughout the season. Good luck to the Broncos and Russell Wilson. We know the Packers are going to do what they've always done, win 13 games, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But I'll still look elsewhere for the future. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead, right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. fresh start and we mean a real fresh start with lasting change take the zin 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine available in a variety of tastes and strengths zin nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction try zin nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back your fresh start is here Take the Zin 10 challenge today at Zin.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N.com slash 10. Zin nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We had some tickets punched to the big dance here on Tuesday in the championship of the West Coast Conference. Number one, Gonzaga beats number 17, St. Mary's. 82-69 covering the 12.5-point spread because St. Mary's fouled at the end of the game. Yes, if you had St. Mary's, I feel for you. Well, Gonzaga took a 10-point lead into the half, and Gonzaga first half was the play that we talked about last night. But at the end of the game, it is a, I guess, what was it, a 10-point game? No, 
12-point game. It was um, 81-69. So I guess it was an 11-point game. That's 12. Excuse me. With 12 seconds left, St. Mary's fouls. And Gonzaga made one of two free throws to cover the 12 and a half. Bad beat if you had St. Mary's plus the 12 and a half. If you got a better number, great. If you didn't, that stinks. Uh, other championship games, Bryant dominates the NEC title game over Wagner 70 to 43. There was a brawl in the stands. A couple of Wagner players tried to get into the stands, and it was just an ugly situation there in Rhode Island. Uh, Wagner, you know, showing a little Staten Island toughness, I guess, there uh, in that game, but they get blown out 70-43. Delaware wins the Colonial, a 59-55 win over UNC Wilmington, their first NCAA tournament berth since 2014. Wright State edges out Northern Kentucky, 72-71 to win the Horizon League. And in the Atlantic Sun, congratulations to Bellarmine for winning the Atlantic Sun tournament 77-72 over Jacksonville. Congratulations, your tournament champions, Bellarmine. However, they will not be headed to the NCAA tournament. Nope. The conference bid will go to the regular season champs of the Atlantic Sun, Jacksonville State. Bellarmine is in the second year of its transition to Division I, and they are ineligible for the NCAA tournament. According to ESPN Stats and Information, Bellarmine is the first men's team in the last 25 years to win its conference tournament while being ineligible for postseason play. It's crazy. Uh, This was a Division II powerhouse. They uh, won the national championship in 2011, and it's their 13th 20-win season in the last 14 years. It's crazy. 13 20-win seasons in 14 years. They made the jump from Division II to D1, and because they're just in their second year of the transition period, not eligible for postseason play. But still, a real big accomplishment. They should have... The NCAA should have granted them some sort of waiver, and, and and I don't know if maybe they just couldn't make it work financially or whatever the, the situation was. But if you're good enough to win the conference tournament in just your second year of competing at this level, you should be rewarded by being allowed to play in the NCAA tournament. I don't know if it has something to do with the the share of the, the the money that that the schools got. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind why the, the NCAA didn't grant any sort of waiver and allow them to make the NCAA tournament. But, hey, it's still a great accomplishment 
winning the Atlantic Sun. So uh, congratulations to Bellarmine. The small school from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, is in or is not into the NCAA tournament, but they are conference tournament champs. Um, Now we take a look at what we have coming up here on Wednesday. As far as any potential tickets to the big dance being punched. Uh, there is, let's see, any championship games coming up on Wednesday? We got a couple quarterfinal games, second round actions. We got a semifinal in the America East, but uh, we have a championship game in the Patriot League. Colgate against Navy. Colgate is a six and a half point favorite in the Patriot League championship game. That is the only championship game it appears to be on the schedule, but we have. Uh, the start of uh, a lot of conference tournaments like the Pac-12, and uh, we will see the Big East get underway as well. Lots of money to be made here in the month of March when you're looking at the NCAA tournament and figuring out who is going to win and who is going to cover. Just uh, today here, or on, excuse me, I should say on Tuesday, in college hoops, uh, it was Boston College, 66-46 win over Pittsburgh. Uh, BC closed about a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It was the best line that you could have gotten. They covered that easily. Clemson closed as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That was the best line you could have gotten on them. And they beat NC State by 6, 70-64. You had... um, Couple oh, uh, Louisville beats Georgia Tech by ten. Louisville closed as about a one point dog. That line head flipped. Louisville was minus one and a half. Then they went to plus one. So you could have gotten uh, the best line on Louisville uh, out there was at plus one, and they wind up uh, covering that uh, exciting game in Conference USA. Southern Miss a three point win over UTSA. Southern Miss uh, went off as a three-and-a-half-point underdog, and they win outright by three points. And then Gonzaga, we saw the 12-and-a-half. Best number you could have gotten on St. Mary's out there was 13. And if you got it at 13, then you wound up pushing. But if you had it at 12-and-a-half, which most books had it at 12-and-a-half, that is just a tough, tough beat for you on the... uh, Gonzaga St. Mary's game. Uh, Jim Root from Three Man Weave will join me coming up a little later on in the program. He was at the Orleans Arena at that Gonzaga St. Mary's game. We'll talk to him about the Zags who have the potential right now to be the number one overall seed in the tournament. I do think that there are other teams that could have a shot at the number one overall seed. For example, I think a team like Baylor, if they win the Big 12, Baylor is a team that not just would be on the one line, but Baylor could be the number one overall seed ahead of Gonzaga. Baylor's resume when it comes to you know the NCAA tournament, when they talk about quad one wins and stuff like that, it's more impressive than Gonzaga's. So Gonzaga could be 
the number one overall seed. I think they are right now, pending results of what happens in these conference tournaments. If Baylor goes out there and wins the Big 12 Conference Tournament, I think they might be the number one overall seed. Coming up next, we'll be joined on the program by our very own Dave Ross here at VEASAN. Uh, we're going to talk about all the moves that were made in the NFL where he's looking to play some uh, college basketball uh, thing, games and futures as we head uh, into the start of really major conference tournaments and uh, lots of drama to unfold this weekend as we get ready for Selection Sunday, which it is daylight, saving times, daylight savings as well. Remember, spring forward, so we do lose an hour of sleep. But we'll sleep in uh, April or May. <laughs> Actually, at the end of first week of April. April 5th is the championship. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining me now is our very own Dave Ross, who you watch all across the network here on VSIN. Of course, you listen to First Strike, the MMA podcast, and we hit some winners uh, this past weekend in the Covington Masvidal UFC 272 card. And uh, we're very happy about that, Dave. Uh, well, let's talk NFL because the biggest story of the day, the quarterback Uh-oh. news. Rodgers back to the Packers. Was there ever a part of you that doubted it and thought that Rodgers would be elsewhere this season? Not really, but I will say the Nathaniel Hackett storyline to Denver was the intriguing, if he leaves Green Bay, that would be the landing spot. That that one, that's the only time that I thought, all right, if he leaves, where would he actually go? And that was the only spot that felt like home. So unbeknownst to, I think, us in our space, and you could have gotten uh, Denver at about 22, 20, I think somewhere in that vicinity before we had the declaration by Rodgers. And then the, the ironic thing is, is when Rodgers makes the announcement, immediately it goes to 25 to 1. Now I'm doing the show today with Wes Reynolds, and right as I'm driving in, we hear the news of Aaron Rodgers. So, of course, that changes the whole show, right, right off the top. And so as that happens, the number for Denver fades, and it goes to about 25, uh, even a little bit past that in certain spots. And we were actually saying, wow, well, who knows what Denver's going to do? We start looking at the, the draft class and everything else going, you know, the, the defense is still ready-made, and, you know, Wes even insinuated that maybe you'd still want to take a fire on that number drifting away with the Rodgers news. And then, bam, before we can get off the air today, we hear the news of Russell Wilson, and then all of a sudden that number gets shorted in half to 12 to 1 in most spots now for the Broncos. And yeah, the Packers number moved up as well. I believe it's under 10 to 1 in most spots now. I think you could have got it about 12, 13 to 1 last week before it became official with Rodgers. 
But but no, Scott, I, I thought he would go back there ultimately. It just felt like it was going to be Denver, uh, and they're going to get a quarterback. I just don't think we all saw that that quarterback would be Russell Wilson so soon after the first domino drop with the Packers uh, firming up Aaron Rodgers today. So, yeah, I get it. I'm seeing Packers 7-1 to now for, for Super Bowl futures. Yeah, they're, they're on the short list of favorites. You know they're going to slap the tag on Devontae Adams. They're going to get 17 and 12 back in the fold. You look at the rest of the division, it just looks like a cakewalk again, like it was last year for the Packers barring injury in the North. So they're already a shoe-in, you would believe, to at least wrap that up. And then really in the NFC, with Russell Wilson gone and Tom Brady retired, okay, yeah, the Rams are the defending champs. Do they really scare you that much? They were the four seed, by the way, in the NFC a year ago. San Francisco is going to turn the keys over to Trey Lance. Okay, let's see how that works out. Then there are my Cowboys, who I think are supremely talented, but they just don't have any track record in the playoffs. So the Packers now, getting back Aaron Rodgers, getting back Devontae Adams here in short order, I can understand why in the betting markets you're looking at the Packers, if not the clear favorite, one of the top favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. That window is going to close eventually, but right now, Scott, it's wide open. Yeah, pencil them in for the 13 wins they've gotten the past couple of seasons. Uh, as far as the Denver yep. Broncos now with Russell Wilson, and Von Miller's probably going to re-sign there as uh, he yep. sent out some cryptic tweets and Instagram posts about wanting <laughs> his old locker back and which number he should take. So, uh, you know, the Broncos are, are, are definitely going to be improved, but is the move in the market too much of an overreaction to Russell Wilson seeing them now as the fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl. Okay, maybe a quick knee jerk by the betting public out there and the book's going to protect themselves a little bit, uh, maybe with some other numbers that, you know, when they thought it might be Rodgers and they have that number in the 20s, well, then it turns into Russell Wilson and hops up to 12 to 1 in most spots. You go, wait a minute, what would it have been if Rodgers had gone to Denver? (laughs) I mean, that kind of begs the question, right? Would it have been nine to one? Would it have been eight to one? Like, what's the difference between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in Denver? So, yeah, I like this football team. They're going to play in a gauntlet division in the AFC West. I mean, when you look at the quarterbacks that you're going to have there in short order, you can make the argument, Scott, that it's the the best foursome of quarterbacks in one division in NFL history. You can make that argument. When you look at Pat Mahomes already with MVPs, with what we think Justin Herbert can become, and then Derek Carr is the 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 mutt in the lot here. Well, he took the Raiders, you know, inexplicably to the postseason, and they were a play away from possibly going to overtime with the Bengals, who all, we all know could have easily won the Super Bowl this year. So, how far away are they in actuality? We'll find out. But that's how good the division is. So. You know, 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. How about winning the division? Hmm. I mean, good luck with that. I know that the Chiefs number really got shorted today, too. Uh, they were about minus 175, I was seeing, uh, for the features to win the West. And I believe now that's closer to about minus 115. That's maybe where I would look initially uh, before we figure out how the rest of that Bronco team actually looks. But I will say, Scott, on paper, right now, when you add Russell Wilson to the weapons they have offensively that we believe, now no offense gone, and he was one of the key cogs at tight end. But, if, you know, Jerry Judy looks like he's happy now on Twitter with all the emojis he's been putting out today. <laughs> so let's see if this Bronco offense can catch up to the defense, which clearly uh, Vic Fangio had in pretty good shape as he exits stage left. And now Nathaniel uh, 
Hackett comes in there to try to figure out this offense. I think that they'll start the season slow. Obviously, there's going to be a transition period. I don't know what to expect from Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach, a first-time head coach in this league. And frankly, if the number keeps rising, I feel like this is the opportunity now to bet a team like the Chargers, who I was high on last season. I had a ticket on them last season. Uh, They were a win away from really doing something magical. If they beat the Chiefs in that second matchup, they're the number one seed in the AFC, and I firmly believe they don't follow up that game with a loss to the Houston Texans, and then they don't finish the season as poorly as they did. I think losing to the Chiefs and losing their lead in the division and seeing the uphill climb really negatively affected that team down the stretch. I think the Chargers. Uh, I, agree. I think the Chargers are capable of doing big things this season. I tend to agree. You know, it's so interesting when you say the game that they literally threw away or didn't kick away against the Chiefs with, with Brandon Staley. That's the difference between missing the postseason. I know the Raider game at the end of the year was the final nail in the coffin. But they should have – the odds, if we had live odds on winning that game for the char- – I mean, they figured out a way to lose it. And Brandon Staley's got to learn from that. And he's got to learn from a lot of his coaching decisions this year. That kept them not only from being the one seed, but from being a playoff team. And yep. that's incredible that that fall from grace, uh, just I think from poor coaching that we saw, a little, and maybe inexperienced coaching should be the better way to, to phrase it. So if he, if he doesn't let his ego get in the way a little bit this year, they are too talented to miss the postseason for a second straight year. It, it should not happen. But then you've got to kind of figure out the playoffs thing. Ask the Buffalo Bills about that, right? They went to the title game two years ago against the Chiefs, had that 9 nothing lead, and then they got run out of Kansas City. And then last year, can't manage 13 seconds, and that was in the divisional round. So while we keep waiting for the Bills, and, and I love the Bills, and I, I think they're a strong play in the AFC, it's tough when you keep having these failures. You almost have to figure it out. And if, if the Bills haven't yet, to make the leap for the Chargers next year to say they will figure it out, I love the talent on the team. I, I'm a little bit leery of saying, yeah, they're going to do all the things right that they did wrong last year from a coaching standpoint to make those right decisions to finish off what should have been a strong playoff run. And as you alluded to, possibly a one seed in the AFC. That is an am- amazing fall from late season grace. We got about a little less than a minute here, Dave. What do you make of the news or the rumors of Mitchell Trubisky going to the Giants to compete with Daniel Jones? Well, it would make sense for Brian Dable. It, you know, he has him, has him in Buffalo. He knows what he has every day in practice, and he might not really know what he has in Danny Dimes. So it would make some sense. But if I'm Mitchell Trubisky, I can't believe I'm going to say this, Scott. He might have actual jobs where he doesn't have the competition that are still out there. The quarterback carousel is coming to a close, and there are going to be a lot of teams that don't like the NFL draft and say, you know what? Give me Mitchell Trubisky over Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. Give me that guy. I'll try to restart him like we did Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. I completely agree. He's gonna. There are a lot of teams out there that would take him as their starting quarterback. Hang with me, Dave. Uh, let's talk a little hoops when we uh, come back, all right? He's Dave Ross. Yeah, you uh, catch him all over the network, and you follow him on Twitter at DRossSports. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. You follow us all on the network at Live. We'll talk some basketball, college hoops in particular, coming up next with Dave Ross. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead 
here on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts from. Scott Satterberg back here with you, rejoined by our very own Dave Ross. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. Let's talk some college hoops, D Ross and Gonzaga yeah, winning the West Coast Championship here on Tuesday. Not as if they were ever in doubt uh, of going to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> this is the number one team in the nation right now. They are the number one overall seed likely in the field of 68. Are you penciling in the Zags to make the Final Four already? Okay, I won't pencil it in, but I will say that for value, it's going to be tough to find it with the Zags. But at almost even money, minus 105, I'm seeing some places, maybe minus 110 as far as I go, to make the Final Four feels good to me. But when I see them as the shortest favorite on the board at plus 350, plus 350, it was plus 400 a week ago, now it's already been shorted to plus 350. Why? I'm not exactly sure. But you're going to tell me that the Zags who have never won it. And, and last year's team was supposed to be the team that absolutely was going to finally win it. And they couldn't do it. Is this year's team better than last year's Gonzaga team? I don't think so. Ha- has the competition in the WCC gotten a little bit better? Maybe, because I think you can make the case for three teams. Uh, Santa Clara, uh, certainly is not going to be there. I don't think it's the fourth team, San Francisco, maybe. And I think, obviously, you're going to look at St. Mary's. They're going to be in. So you've got two, potentially three with San Francisco, and then Santa Clara is a good team in the WCC. So maybe they're a little bit more battle-tested than we've seen coming out of the WCC from years past. But still, when I look at the other teams out there that we're going to talk about, when you look at the Arizonas and the Kentuckys and the Auburns and the Dukes and the Purdue's and the Baylor's, and the Villanovas. I mean, there are other teams that should not be this far down the price board with the Zags as the overwhelming favorite to cut down the net. That I don't really understand for a team, quite frankly, that's they're they're getting closer, but they still haven't done it yet. And that does surprise me. They're that big of a favorite. Yeah, I would completely agree. I'm not going to be on Gonzaga. I might be on them in maybe the first halves of a lot of these games because they yeah. tend to start out fast and then make you sweat towards the end of the game if you're going to get the cover. And what a miracle cover they got here on the 12-and-a-half number uh, with the late foul. <laughs> but uh, I'll definitely be on them in the first halves in a lot of these games. But I see no value in betting them in the futures market. Uh, conference tournaments going on right now. Dave, any conference tournament picks that you uh, have been looking at right now? Okay, there's one, and I know I'm going to be called a homer for this, but my alma mater and where my heart is, both my schools in college basketball, well, one's on the bubble, one's not even on the radar. The one that's on the bubble is my actual alma mater. That's VCU in the 810. And they're getting, they've been playing better basketball uh, until last weekend, right at the end. They need to have a couple wins in the 810 tournament. I think they can do that 
and that'll put them on the right side of the bubble. But right now, most of the projections I'm seeing, they're on the last four out. They need to have a good run in this A-10 tournament in order to get an at-large bid. Now, the school that might surprise you that I actually believe has a chance in one of the most downed-famed conferences of all time would be in the ACC. And I get it that Duke is, I believe, minus 105 to win the ACC tournament, and rightfully so. And then you look at the rest of the conference, and I go, really? Are they going to get three teams? Are they going to get four teams? We used to talk about nine and ten. The way we talk about the Big Ten is the way we used to talk about the ACC. So in a really down ACC, instead of playing the favorite Duke, let's have some fun. Let's find a big number for a team that's got at least offensive firepower that might be able to get hot in four days. Syracuse, 50 to 1? 50 to 1? With all those Bayhans they got over there? I'm going to take a flyer on the Orange, a team dead in the water that plays zero defense and knows this is their only pathway to get to the NCAA tournament with all those Bayhimes. Hey, look, I know people are going to say, no way, it's never going to happen. It may not. But if history's told us one thing about the conference tournaments, hey, Jim Valvano, 1983, NC State's not even going to the NCAA tournament if they don't win the ACC tournament. And inexplicably, they do that and then go on to one of the greatest runs we've ever seen in the history of the tournament and cut down those nets. You've seen it time and time again in March Madness and Conference Week. A team you're not thinking about now makes an unexpected run and somehow gets in the NCAA tournament. Back when Syracuse won the title in 2003, the 2004 team was not going to go to the big dance. What happened? Jerry McNamara got on fire, carried Cuse to four wins in the Big East tournament. They went from being not even discussed as an at-large team to a five-seed the next year in 2004 in the NCAA tournament. This team has done this type of thing in the past where they are not even close to being in bubble discussion, and then they get really hot at the most inexplicable times. Why not now in a down ACC where really it could be Duke as the only real big bad team, bad, you know, blue blood team in this tournament that you go, they scare me. Everybody else, beatable. So why not Cuse 50 to 1? I'd put a little pizza money on it. I mean, I'll book that bet for you. Um, if you want to just pay me now and I can, if you want to just, just Venmo me now so I can maybe get some lunch tomorrow on you. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in some tournament. You, and the thing is, there's been a lot of chalk so far, right? Dave, Dave I, lo- I, I, I love you, man. Um, they're not even beating Florida state tomorrow. So <laughs> I don't know. About they're going to be Florida state tomorrow. You don't need the one point. Just play it straight up, straight up on the money line and even money. Hughes will get by Florida State, and that 50 to 1 is going to look a lot better uh, at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. Uh, it's all, you're, you're burning the money almost as fast as I'm burning my Rutgers to win the Big Ten ticket. Um, <laughs> At hey, least, just, at least, know, at least the team that I'm betting on has got a double buy into the quarterfinals. No question. Look, that the thing is though, like you look at the Big Ten, and they're killers in there, right? You've got nine potential tournament teams. If Indiana can find their way in, seriously, look at the ACC, and, and who are your locks besides North Carolina and Duke? Uh, 
Wake Forest? I mean, who else in the ACC do you go, yeah, that's a legit, really good NCAA tournament team? They're few and far between. So when you look at some of those longer shots on the board, hey, if you like Florida State, you can get them at the same number you can get Syracuse at 50 to 1. That's why the game's almost a pick them tomorrow. But to me, somebody in the ACC is going to come out of nowhere here and make a run. They might not get all the way to the final and win it at Greensboro. Because I do think, obviously, Duke is by far the best team in a 12 to 1 in the NCAA tournament. I actually think there's some value there in the Dukies. But got to be honest with you, man, the conference is so down. This is the time you can take it a long shot and, and maybe have some fun for the next couple of days. Yeah, of this I, don't, I don't hate that. I think I'd be more comfortable going like 10 to 1 on Notre Dame as opposed okay. to, you know, 40 or 50 to 1 on Syracuse. At least Notre Dame's a tournament team. And Mike Bray's under Correct. a lot of pressure. You want to talk about coaches that are on a potential hot seat. Mike Bray's got to make some moves here with this Notre Dame squad. Well, yeah. And again, but I think what you're doing now is, is the right exercise, if you will, in identifying a conference that really top to bottom is just not that good. And that's the ACC this year. So instead of playing the chalky favorite in Duke at minus 105, I'm going to look for better value with some of these long shot teams because they're not going to have to run as, as big a gauntlet like you will in the Big Ten, in the Big Ten tournament. You're going to have to beat three or four good teams to win that. In the ACC tournament, you might have to beat two good teams. That's it. Uh, if you're considered a quote-unquote bad team right now, like a Syracuse or a Florida State, Notre Dame's a good team. They're just not a team that people take seriously to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Villanova plus 600 to make the Final Four. You betting it with me? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely love that bet. 25 to 1 to win the national championship. Look, you and I have talked about this. Jay Wright might be the most disrespected great coach in all of college basketball. People go, well, who disrespects him? And I said, national media. They never talk about him. You never talk about him. They talk about his suits and how well-dressed he is. How about how good a coach he is? When you win two out of three national championships and people have almost forgotten those things, Yep. come on, put, put some respect on Villanova's name. I absolutely love that play. And again, when you have senior guards, the way they can fill it, the way they can shoot it, and Connor Gillespie, yeah, I love love Villanova to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament and be there when it's all said and done. Yeah, free throw shooting. They're the best free throw shooting team in the nation. If you make your free throws in those late game situations when the other team is yeah. fouling you, you make your free throws, you win basketball games. I will be on the Wildcats both to make the Final Four and to win the national championship. Uh, Dave, appreciate the time and the conversation. I look forward to uh, watching these games this week. Can't wait. Always enjoy it, Scott. Remember, Cuse, they're going to beat Florida State tomorrow. Yeah, good luck, brother. (laughs) He's Dave Ross. (laughs) Check him out on Twitter, at DRossSports. I'll let him uh, spend the money on that. I'll, I'll I'll save mine. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VEASAN. 